Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 on and off the track with Kim Millman. We're still here even though it's the off-season. What are you going to be doing during the off-season, Kim? Well, I'm going to be doing a lot more videos, I think. Still posting regularly and looking at the stuff that people want to see. And certainly this year, I've learned quite a lot about what the Instagram audience wants to see and now what the YouTube audience wants to view. The interesting thing is I find there's a slightly different audience for each mm. of the two things. So I've got to be careful that I that I balance it between the two. Yeah, because your wives and girlfriends video has gone like nearly half a million. Angela Cullen video that you did was 190K. Yeah. It, they're all going uh, somewhat viral, I suppose. Women. What's the theme there? Women. <laughs> it's a man's sport. And, and I certainly when I uh, started doing Women of the Paddock about oh, a third of the way through the year, and I did that because people would say, yeah, yeah, lots of photos of blokes, great, but what about the women? We mm. want to know about women. And not so much the guests in the paddock, the glamorous guests, more so the people who work in the sport, that they see on the periphery in the background when they're watching the television broadcasts of, of races and when they read um, articles and they, someone's name's mentioned, yeah, well, tell us about her. Mm. So, yeah, I've, I've come to realise it's an area that's no one's focused on before mm. And perhaps I found a little niche. That's why I think your videos have gone, it's done so well on YouTube because you're pulling back the veil on things that people don't usually get to see. And I think that's because I get to spend a fair bit of time in the paddock. Uh, a lot of photographers have so many different things they have to do because they're perhaps working for a team or working for a, a sponsor and they're drawn at every minute of the day. And you can't imagine just how much work uh, is involved in a 12 or 13 hour day and that's the length of time that we're at the track. There is a lot of stuff to shoot for a lot of people but I've tended to keep my uh, commitments to a, a level that allows me to focus on what goes on in the paddock. Yes, of course I go out when the, the sessions are on and I shoot the cars but you know, there are better f car photographers than me mm. and if you're looking for the best car shots, um, you'd find them but they're probably not going to be on my site. I, I get occasional great ones but certainly it's not the consistency that uh, some of the 20-year veterans have. Yeah, what you, what you mainly do is tell the stories of the drivers and, and the people behind the scenes. So how much does knowing the drivers help you get those kinds of photos? I think it's invaluable. Uh, I, look, I don't have many great photos of Checo Perez or Lance Stroll or Antonio Giovinazzi because I don't know them very well. Mm. But if you're looking for great photos of Nico Hulkenberg, Pierre Gasly, Charles Leclerc, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, I've got lots because, you know, I'll give you an example at testing recently. Uh, Alex Albon was in the car and he saw me out the front. I was the only photographer there. And I get a smile and I can see the smile in his eyes. I couldn't see his mouth. And he gives me the, the two fingers, the peace sign. Now, if he didn't know me or I was a local photographer that had um, no relationship with him, there's no doubt he would not be smiling and uh, giving me the peace sign. And same with Nico Hulkenberg in his last race, the back of the garage, the FIA garage, I get this lovely thumbs up while he's given his trainer a hug. Mm. He's not doing that to people he doesn't know. So in terms of personal photography and, and people in the paddock, if you know them, you have a far better chance of getting a better photo than if you don't know them. How, how do you come to know these people? Is it just that they've seen your face a lot at all these races or have you introduced yourself in a specific way? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I, you've, you've sprung that on me and I would hark back to, say, uh, Charles. 
I got a, an email, a message from him once about a photo I'd run and um, I, I got talking to him there and then he spoke to me at the next race and I spoke to him in the race after and just mm. uh, after some time you get to say hello to each other. It's never like you're spending a half hour chatting with them because they've always got something to do but it's acknowledgement when you see them in the paddock and uh, that worked well. Someone like a Pierre Gasly, yeah, he also contacted me about a photo I put up so that, that was another common occurrence but occasionally like... Uh, Recently, I saw Nicholas Latifi uh, in the garage at testing and he gave uh, two people a hug and a kiss and he went out and um, raced. And I thought, well, that's his parents. So I saw the people later on in the paddock and I said, hi, I saw you with Nicholas before. Are you his parents? No. Oh, we're George <laughs> Russell's parents. Oh, okay, right. So that's how I got to know George Russell's parents. And then I asked them if I could get a nice shot, and they, they waited for me to get ready, and I got a nice shot of them. And then when they left the paddock later at night, they said goodbye. And I thought, well, well that's the start of a relationship. It's, mm. it's, I'm not best friends, of course, but yeah. Yeah, it, that's how things start. You introduce yourself, you get known to them. And certainly I think with um, the number of followers on Instagram that look at my stuff, a lot of the people are – people who work in the sport. That's something I've always found really impressive about what you do is you always seem to know who is who. Yeah, but before I know who they are, I don't know who they are. Yeah, That's so how do you, how how do you figure well, it I out? I go and ask them. Okay. Or I'll say, and, and I must admit there are people that I see every week and I've, I've made no effort for 20 weeks to get to know them and then I'll go, right, I've got to sort this out because I need to caption them in a photo I'm using. So I'll go and say, hi, can I get your details so that I caption you correctly? Mm. And occasionally, like I remember I went up to some girl and I said, oh, can I get your details? And someone came over and said, oh, that's so-and-so. I said, oh, okay, and who's she? Oh, she's a multi-megastar or whatever. Oh, okay. I never knew her. So yeah. you, you can look like a bit of a dill sometimes, but, hey, you can't know everyone. And, and certainly on the grid, come race day, when there's all these celebrities around, I know, I know a fraction of them. So how do you avoid the same shots of drivers in the paddock every race? That is something that I'm acutely aware of because it can be very easy to think, oh, well, last year I shot here and that's a nice background. I'll go and shoot that. Yeah. And really, uh, a lot of the times you could just drag out last year's photo and run that again if they've got the same logos on their shirt. So there is a certain amount of effort that needs to go into changing the shots you get. And I'll give you an example. Last race in Abu Dhabi because it's fresh in my mind. Uh, there's about nine or ten guys standing across the paddock shooting the drivers as they come in. So they're all getting the same, virtually the same angle, the same backdrop. Some are tight, some are wide, but pretty much all the same shot. So I decide, right, well, I'm not going to get that shot. That would be easy, but I'm not going to get that shot. I'm going to wait till the, the driver, and it was Sebastian, who walked past them, and um, obviously now they're behind him. I'm the only one following him, and I go and shoot low with some flowers in the foreground, and him, not not huge in the frame, obviously, because I'm shooting wide and I'm about three metres from him, but it's an interesting shot, and it's a shot that no one else got. And then uh, I might do two or three guys like that, and then I go, right, well, I'm not doing that again, otherwise every shot's going to be the mm. same. So I'll then have to go and look for something else, and it might be go a bit further back, put the camera on the ground with a long lens and shoot slightly angled upwards so you get their whole body, but it's a different shot altogether. When you shoot blind like that, though, and you don't have an ability to see through the eyepiece, 
often you miss out on the shot altogether because you don't know where the thing's focusing. Yeah. You hope it's focusing on the driver, but if you're a little bit out, and I must admit, shots that I shoot blind in the pit lane with cars, for some reason, I'm always in front of the car. No matter how many times I try it, I'm always in front of the car. <laughs> and it's so frustrating. Are there specific places to go where you know you'll get a better chance of finding a driver? Like, how, how, does, how do you operate in the paddock? Well, once again, I'll refer to Abu Dhabi because it was the last race. It's a hellishly long paddock, and it might be 300 metres, 250 metres from Team 1 to Team 10. And most of the action happens around Team 1, 2 and 3, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. And, of course, Team 10 is Williams and down the other end. So I'm rarely ever going to be outside the Williams hospitality suite or garage because, A, their drivers just aren't popular, um, well, when I say that, George Russell is reasonably popular, but Nicholas Latifi on Instagram's only got about 40,000 followers, I think, so he's got a bit of work to do. <laughs> uh, but I'll meter out my time, so I think, right, every, every race I need to get, every day, sorry, I need to get pe- people pictures of certainly your Lewis, your Valtteri, your, your Red Bull drivers, your Ferrari drivers, um, McLaren drivers are popular on my page and some others. So if I've got Lewis in the morning, I won't go back there for in the, in the afternoon. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll look at who I haven't got and I'll try and get photos throughout the day of everyone. Do you prefer to be to be seen and be obvious when you're taking a photo or do you prefer to be like hiding in sneaky, you know, sneaky in, in the bushes? Covert. Out of, exactly. Uh, with Lewis, it pays to be covert <laughs> yeah. because as soon as he sees you, it becomes tricky to get him. He tends to look away. Uh, but with someone like uh, Daniel or Nico, you don't have to worry because they're, they're very comfortable in mm. front of the camera. Um, what about drivers you're less familiar with? No, once again, the younger guys are very open to having their photos taken. Uh, the older guys perhaps have tired of it. Um, certainly Kimmy does you no favours and you wouldn't expect him to. That's his personality. Mm. You have to really be in the right spot at the right time. Uh, and I do like getting shots of Kimmy coming from the hospitality suite to the garage because he's often in a race suit and he looks cool. He looks like a, a race driver. So what's your editing process like? Do you do any post-processing to your photos of any kind? Occasionally I'll do some post-production, maybe five or six minutes, or if it's a really great photo and it needs a bit of work, I'll have my guys in my office at Messages on Hold back in Perth sort that out. But most of the time I'm putting on one of probably 10 or 15 presets that I have uh, from Lightroom. Mm-hmm. And it's I've done the work, I've done the hard work, and I've settled on different presets. And in fact, they are available. Uh, and I would urge people to get on to kimelman.com. They are available there for purchase, and they're pretty darn inexpensive, and they will save you hours. And certainly, every picture that comes out of my camera, because I shoot in RAW, Mm -hmm. looks flat. You need to process every single picture with some sort of editing. You can't just send that straight up. uh, And Look, occasionally I will do that if it's a really important photo in the paddock, but I'll always do an edit later, and you can always see the difference between the edited version that's had a preset put on it from Lightroom and the, the camera shot straight out of the camera. What kind of presets do you have? Like, do they have different... They have different flash names, but uh, effectively, if you go to the website, you can see, here's the raw file, here's what it looks like after the presets put on it. And you can go, yeah, I like that feel. And and you'll certainly know, you should be able to pick the ones that I use most often because I think that's 
just my style. And I look at other photographers like Vladimir Reese, and he would have some presets that give his images perhaps a, a richer blue. I always notice that his mm. photos are beautifully blue. Uh, mine aren't that look, and I don't even know how he gets that look. That was our first episode of our off-season podcast, I suppose. Where we got to show you some photos and stuff. It's a little bit different, a little more visual for you. It is, and uh, I've got a bit more time to do it. So, bang, I can put those photos in to further accentuate what we're yeah. talking about. Please let us know what you think of it on the comments. We always appreciate it. If you want to follow Kim on Instagram, you can follow him at Kim Elman. Of course, subscribe if you want more content, more videos. I'm sure plenty coming. Yeah, and you've got to hit the bell button too because you want to be notified yes. so that you're not the last person to see the video. You want to be the first person. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPix.com. Head there now.